All right, compassion. Babe, I'd love you up here if you want to help me with this, but you don't have to. Compassion, the gift of compassion. If you're new tonight, get ready. We're on the seventh of the motivational gifts from Romans chapter 12, and we're finally finishing up. But of all the gifts, of all the gifts, the seven gifts, this is the one that's the most seen. This is the one that whenever you take a sample, it will have the most. And how wonderful that is because there are so many people hurting that God has created a vast number of compassionate people. Um, when the, the study that I have done, this book that I've been reading, of the study, 30% make up uh, compassion. To have mercy in Greek is uh, E-L-E-E-O, Elio, Elio. Strong's Concordance defines it as to compassionate by word or deed, specifically by divine grace, have compassion or pity on, have, obtain, receive, and show mercy on. People that score high in compassion show his or her compassion with cheerfulness. Uh, it's hilarities in the Greek, according to Vine signifying that readiness of mind, that joyous, which is prompt to do anything, hence cheerful. Uh, the the uh, Amplified Bible states acts, acts, A-C-T-S, acts of mercy or compassion are to be done with genuine cheerfulness and joyful eagerness. All right, so y'all ready for the compassion? Everybody got their test? I already took it, but I'm going to grab, grab one. All right, gift of compassion. Remember, everybody, put your name on it. You got your name on it? And mark it as, though, as you are, not as you wish you were. Wish you were. Sounds like one word. What have you been doing? Yeah. You're not going to get a booklet if you don't take your test. Yeah. <laughs> okay, number one. Someone that scores high, number one, the gift of compassion, has tremendous capacity to show love. Of all the motivational gifts, this is the one with the greatest capacity and ability to show love to others. Reflecting the nature of their heavenly Father, compassion people seem to have an, an unending source of agape love. The more opportunities they have to give love, the more joyful and fulfilled they are. So mark that one through five. Number two, always looks for good in people. Compassionate people most of the time usually are non-critical. It's as almost as if they have built-in blinders that keep them from seeing bad things in others. Their focus remains on the good, both in the realized and their potential. And they also won't hardly listen to others talk negatively about people. Number three, compassion people senses the spiritual and emotional condition of a group or individual. You can almost visualize, you can, 
you could almost visualize invisible feelers or antennas on the heads of those with the motivational gift of compassion. I don't know if you've ever walked into a situation and a compassionate person can go into a gas station, I'll go in and buy a Coke and a drink and leave and not see anything, and a compassion person will read the person behind the counter and realize this person's life's falling apart. It's like the Lord has just placed it in their heart to have that intuition to know this person's hurting. Incredibly sensitive to the emotional status of others. Compassion people are good at reading body language, facial expressions. Number four, is attracted to people who are hurting or in distress. For compassion, people score high in compassion, this is an always present, ready to function characteristic of compassion people. And it even starts in early childhood and continues through their lives. These are the ones that bring home stray dogs and cats. Number five, takes action to remove hurts and relieves distress in others. Compassion people are not only drawn to the hurting, they do something about it. I read about a woman with this gift that gave a little bit of a, a glimpse of the difference between sympathy, empathy, and compassion. Sympathy says, I'm sorry I hurt you. Empathy says, I'm sorry I hurt you, and I hurt with you. Compassion says, I'm sorry I hurt you, and I hurt with you, and I'm going to stay right here until the hurt is gone. Number six, is more concerned for mental and emotional distress than physical distress. Suppose you have to go to the hospital. You're in the hospital for a few days. Guess who's going to be the first ones to come to see you? The compassion person. The compassion person will inquire about your comfort and about the medical prognosis. But then he or she will move on to how you're feeling. How are you feeling about being here? Are you battling fear? Do you sense the Lord's presence in this time of need? Do you need prayer? Great bedside manner. Number seven. Is motivated to help people have the right relationships with one another. Compassion people grieve over broken relationships. They are builder of bridges and menders of breaches. They are peacemakers. They want to see the body of Christ united and functioning in love. Am I going too fast? Do you have something you're wanting to share? Okay. Eight. Number eight, right? Hello. Number eight? Okay. Loves opportunities to give preference or place to others. These are the people who will open the door for you, let you step in front of them in line, and give you the best seat. Number nine, is careful with words and actions to avoid hurting others. The last thing a compassion person wants is to be the cause of hurt to another person. 
They're so careful with their actions and their speech. They want to make sure that the things that they're saying and the things that they're doing do not offend. Number 10, easily detects insincerity or wrong motives. Compassion people has a built-in radar system that helps them detect ulterior motives or insincerity, and they will back off from a person or a group when they sense this. They're good at it. They're, they're good at helping people that are hurting and recognizing people that are not um, being truthful. Number 11, they're drawn to other, others with the gift of compassion. Naturally drawn to each other, they enjoy sharing with each other, praying together, and being together. It's not so much that they think alike, but they feel alike. They have the same emotional reactions to people and situations. Number 12, loves to do thoughtful things for others. These are the ones that remember your birthday, your anniversary. They remember Mother's Day and Father's Day and Valentine's Day and a host of all other kinds of occasions. And they love, they will, many times will send cards or send things just to say that they care. If you're married to one of these, you're fortunate. And the thoughtfulness doesn't just extend from marriage, it extends to every relationship that they have. Number 13, is trusting and tries to be trustworthy. It's because they are trustworthy that compassion people expect others to be so too. They assume that everyone is honest and reliable until absolutely proven, proven otherwise. And they can also be so trusting that they can be, sometimes can be in danger of being gullible. They're greatly disappointed when people do not prove to be reliable, but they'll still expect the best from that person. Number 14, avoids conflicts and confrontations. Even small children with the compassion gift find it difficult to cope with conflict. Compassionate people long for peace and harmony in the home. Many times you see with children with this gift, when parents divorce and split up, many times they react with it, them feeling like it's their fault, that if I had been a better child, my mom and dad would still be together. Compassion people are not confronters. They may hint that they're unhappy about something, but will seldom, but will seldom, unlike the perceiver or exhorter, address a problem straight on. Fifteen, doesn't like to be rushed in a job or activity. Many times the compassion ones have one speed and it's slow, forward. As children, these are the kids you had to push out the door so they'd get to school on time. Just isn't important to them. They live for the moment. Sixteen, is typically cheerful and joyful. Compassion people typically are positive people. The Amplified Bible says they will show compassion with genuine cheerfulness and joyful eagerness, Romans 12 eight. They love showing love and they show it with joy. They yearn to relieve hurts and encourage relationships. 
how badly we need compassionate people. 17, is ruled by the heart rather than the head? The heart plays a major role in a compassion person's life. Compassion people are not normally tagged thinkers, intellectuals, or analyzers. It's not that they're not smart. They're very smart. But they are feelers. They rely on emotions rather than mental processes to guide their lives. They're the ones who could say, don't confuse me with the facts. My feelings are already made up. Number 18, rejoices to see others blessed and grieves to see others hurt. Compassion, high, high compassion people do very well to identify with what someone is going through. He or she will literally rejoice when, when they rejoice and will literally weep when they weep. Have you ever had something great to happen in your life? And you share it with a non-compassion person and they're like, oh my gosh, I just made a hundred on my final. And they're like, cool. But when you share it with a compassion person, they just explode. And it's genuine. They really mean it. Jump up and down, want to throw a party, make you feel so good about what you just did. Whenever something good happens, I want to be around a compassionate person. Whenever something bad happens, I want to be around a compassionate person. <laughs> Amen? Amen. Number 19. And it's not fake. It's real. This is how God made them. It's not fake. It's real. They're really happy for you. Number 19. Is a crusader for good causes. In the eyes of compassion... Right needs to prevail. If there's evil at work in society, he or she strives to overcome it. Number 20. Intercedes for the hurts and problems of others. This is third of the seven motivational gifts that is called to intercessory prayer. They intercede primarily for the hurts and problems that they have become aware of in people's lives. And the compassionate intercessor has deep, heartfelt prayers. They're so expressive because they feel what they are praying so deeply, and it's not unusual at all for them to be moved to tears as they intercede. All right. I went through those so fast. Please forgive me. I, I, I hustled through that one. Now let's talk about the problems of compassion. Remember now, you may identify more with the problems than you do with the, the positives. So the problems are also good to uh, be able to grasp, to see, do I struggle in this area? Problems of compassion. Motivational gift of compassion is potentially both the most beautiful gift and the most emotionally destructive. It all depends upon the degree to which the compassion person has overcome his or her emotional wounds. Compassion people are the most vulnerable to hurts because their hearts are most open to others. When they hurt when they are hurt or betrayed, there is virtually 
virtually no protection, no shell, no tough hide or callousness to deflect the attack. If you remember from the administrator, the administrator builds up callousness to fight off criticism. The, the compassion doesn't have that. Their heart is open to people hurting, and hence they're also open to themselves being hurt. Does that make sense? Of all the recipients of gifts, the compassion child needs the most love, tenderness, and adult protection. Those who receive this nurturing emerge into adulthood reasonably whole emotionally and are able to cope with life's challenges. Studies have shown that compassion people are more apt to become alcoholics or drug abusers or uh, to need psychiatric care more than any other. Compassion people are also idealists who are prone to live in a fantasy world if the real world becomes intolerable. Unfortunately, many compassion people grow up in homes with strife and unkindness, even abuse and molestation. But the good news is that Jesus can heal all of those hurts. So we just need to let the Lord heal us. So, number one, we've got five of these. The compassion person, the problem that a compassion person has is they tend to be indecisive. Difficult to make decisions. He or she will ponder the possible consequences and delay as long as possible. Or even maybe transfer the responsibility to others if they can. Number two, compassion is often prone to take up another person's offense. Because a compassion person cannot stand to see another person hurt or offended, he or she is quick to take up the offended person's cause. Number three is easily hurt by others. This is a big one. No one gets as easily hurt as the compassion person. They are the most vulnerable. Now let me tell you again, God made us like this. He made us like this so that we can move in people's lives. We can identify people's hurts um, better than other gifts. At the same time, we have to, it talks in Scripture, to guard your heart with all diligence. It's very important for the compassion person to guard their heart. But to also keep your heart open to be able to help the hurting. But they're easily hurt. Number four, can empathize too much with the suffering of others. Another big danger for the gift of compassion. If they empathize too completely with the suffering of others, it can weigh them down and render them ineffective in ministry. I see this uh, even beyond compassionate people, but intercessors, that as they are praying and interceding for people, sometimes that burden gets so heavy on them, they can't shake it. And uh, we've got to be able to We've got to be able to get up and walk, walk on. But especially for the compassion person, it's easy to pick that up, pick up that burden. Remember, the place to leave the burdens is at the Lord. Take your burdens to the Lord and leave them there. Compassion people don't need to pick up the burdens. 
finally, has an affectionate nature that is often misinterpreted by the opposite sex. <laughs> because compassion people have such ability to show love and because so many people need to feel loved, so many times this can be misconstrued by a person of the opposite sex. Um, it's, it's also, I mean, compassion, you can see that if someone is really being compassionate with you and helping you in a, hurt, in a hurting time, it's a vulnerable time for both. It's vulnerable for both. You're both hurting and needing that hurt replaced and filled with something else. And sometimes, uh, even in prayer, you got to be careful, a guy and a girl, non-married, praying together. Because guards go down, all of a sudden we, you start, it, it is intimate. Compassion, counseling, compa hurting the, helping the hurt is a intimate, someone is letting their guard down and letting you in. Amen? So we have to be so careful um, that we allow the Holy Spirit to work in us as we allow this gift to be at work. You remove the Holy Spirit and all of a sudden things can get way out of whack. But the Holy Spirit will keep you on the straight and narrow. So be careful, compassionate people. We, the church, the world so needs compassionate people. But we need compassionate people filled with the Holy Spirit, led by the Holy Spirit, with the power of God in them to help, help them in the way that God is, is, wants to help them. Amen? Amen.